Welcome to Living the Dream Outdoors, the official podcast of Living the Dream Outdoor Properties. We live by the motto, it's not just land, it's a lifestyle. And we live the outdoor lifestyle every day. Whether you're a landowner or dreaming of joining the ranks of those closest to the earth, we're your brothers and sisters of the outdoors. We hunt, we fish, we're stewards of the land, and our Living the Dream team will show you the way to enjoying the land and all the outdoor pursuits it has to offer. Welcome to Living your the Dream host, Outdoor Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Cooper, and got a unique topic to talk about this week. Making friends in the outdoors, and recently I've made a new friend. And uh, this gentleman is a U.S. citizen. He's originally from the country of Iran, being, been in the United States for about 20 years. Uh, Alex Jafari. And Alex, man, it's great to have you on the show. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. It's an honor. Thank you. Hey, I'm just so glad to, to have you on the show because I think, uh, hey, my listeners are going to get a, a new perspective about hunting, the outdoors, and uh what it means to you but uh, hey we've got a lot of time on our hands so sure. so we're gonna back up here and talk about how we met uh we have first met gosh what's it been a month or so ago at a national deer association event and uh yes. yeah yeah I, I have participated uh as a mentor in a couple of those events and and uh, boy they are great events and i think they are doing Great things. But, uh, Alex, yeah, how did you get involved with the National Deer Association? Well, I, uh, first of all, thank you for, uh, you know, giving me the opportunity to be on the show. I'm very excited and uh, honored to be on it, for sure. And it's great to hear your voice again. It's uh, been actually a month and a day, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you do keep track Uh, of things, don't you? (laughs) I I try sometimes. (laughs) But, uh yeah, uh, two years ago, I uh, I got my hunter's ed, and uh, once you're done, actually three years ago, and once you're done with uh, the, you know, getting your certification, then, you know, there are uh, a lot of other organizations that they try to uh, promote at the end, and uh, one of them was a National Deer Association, and they always ask if you're interested to get emails and newsletters and things from you know, different organizations. So I obviously subscribe to that. Um, and, uh, to make a long story short, one of the surveys came and asked for, uh, people if they, they're interested to have, uh, um, you know, mentor hunting and programs like that, if they're interested in uh, participating in it. And, uh, with me being somebody who, um, is here and typically, uh, my sphere of influence is not into hunting or anything like that. Right. Uh, I didn't, or nor do I have any land to go to for hunting. Um, I decided that, hey, you know, this would be the next best option for me to be able to get involved with uh, hunting in general. So I just kind of filled out a survey. I never thought about it until this past hunting season when I was kind of down about um, not knowing where to go and what to do. Right. Uh, I had previously been on one managed hunt with uh, Missouri Department of Conservation. And that was the dream for me, actually, when I got to go to that one. It was That's the awesome. best experience of my life. Yeah. And uh, I just felt yeah. like I needed a little bit more mentorship and guidance. Um, but, um, yeah. And, you know, but because only you can do that program once. You know, if you've never hunted a deer before, you can do that one. Um, right. So I already did it. But, you know, 
it, you know, it's kind of disappointed this hunting season and just finally got a call from uh, a gentleman named Shane. Yes. And, uh, yeah, he was, he just said that, Hey, you know, I noticed you filled out one of our, uh, forms for wanting to participate in a managed hunt or a mentorship hunt program. Are you still interested? So <laughs> I was like, yeah, I and mean, <laughs> you know, funny how things work out, right? So, oh yeah. yeah sometimes, sure. but, said, but, uh, yeah, you sound like the perfect fit for the program. I mean, you'd had a teeny tiny bit of experience hunting, mm-hmm. but, um, uh, it was a great event. We all met at the uh, YMCA Trout Lodge uh, over by Potosi, mm-hmm. Missouri, and there was a local right. local gentleman. Oh, I guess he was, what, 15, 20 minutes away. He had a farm that uh, allowed us to all hunt over there. And, uh, man, it, it was such an interesting group we had. We had three hunters. There was a, a lady who was originally from uh, Puerto Rico, and her yeah. her story was very similar to, to yours. And I'm trying to remember, who was the third person? Oh, it was a, a, a policeman from uh, the St. Louis area. So, Correct. yeah, a few 300s. We really had a mix of people, and it, it just made for a great camp uh, setting. And, of course, me being the outdoor communications business, I absolutely loved it. For sure. Yeah, this was like a goldmine of information for me, yes. you know, when you could get people who come to the United States from other uh, countries and just so excited about the possibilities for hunting here. Well, Alex, back home, I know you've been in the United States for 20 20 years, and uh, I think you just uh, celebrated your 20th year anniversary recently. Is that true? Well, this year it will be. Yeah, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was March 2003 when I came here. Um, but yeah, this, this year, March will be, uh, 20 20th year. So well, that's awesome. time flies. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, Absolutely. I'm glad you're here, but back home in, Me I, too. <laughs> I, yeah, in Iran, uh, did, uh, any, any of your, uh, father, grandfathers, any of your relatives hunt in Iran? Um, no, by the time, uh, I grew up. Uh, hunt, hunting in general isn't very uh, popular over there uh-huh. um, to begin with, you know. Right. Um, plus, uh, to my knowledge, and, and as far as I know and remember, there are no regulations and things like that. Sadly, because um, there are a lot of poachers out there. And uh-huh. so a lot of the species are dying out to begin with. And, um, uh, you know, it, it's really hard for, uh, I mean, they do have a department of, um, wildlife over there and, and land management and wildlife. Uh, but sadly, uh, the folks that go out there and, and, uh, the naturalists over there are in enough danger as is because there are a lot of poachers that are armed right. and they're after, um, a lot of rare species. One of them was, the um, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, it's a, a, a panther, uh, oh. that's uh, in, indigenous to Iran northern iran um but it's uh it's at the uh verge of extinction over there because it's been uh, uh illegally hunted a lot you know um and and the people who are trying to protect them uh are at the risk of getting shot themselves so sure it's really not an opportunity and plus with uh, the 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 condition of the country then people aren't allowed to have firearms to begin with right um and and if you do have it you 
probably live in a very remote area and you're probably have a land, you're a landowner, you know? Right. And, uh, it's extremely, uh, restricted even for people like that. It takes months and months for them to even pass any sort of background check that they might have. So it's in general, it's not a, an activity that, uh, regular people can participate in like you do in America. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I never, uh, and plus my, my father was never into hunting and wow. whatever knowledge he has about it right now is whatever I thought. Kind <laughs> 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 of the, the other way around, right? You, so. you, you bet, but nothing wrong with, with that either. But gosh, uh, Alex, it's, it just, it's just such an interesting and touching story to listen to someone uh, talk about the fact that, you know, there's no hunting. I don't have a hunting tradition in my family just didn't have the opportunity and that just you know it really seems so strange to to me and i'm sure thousands of other outdoorsmen who are listening to this program because shame (laughs) on us but we kind of take it for granted and uh and that uh you know and that's kind of dangerous to do that because there are lots of uh anti-hunters in this country that would like to stop sure. uh, hunting all altogether. But that's just a, an incredible story, and, and I'm just deeply indebted and thankful to you for sharing that with us because it's just so hard for us to imagine. All right, so the next natural <laughs> question for me to ask, well, once sure. you got to the United States, how did you how did you get interested in hunting? What got you started? Well, uh over here, I like I said, I wasn't uh, exposed to many folks who um, were uh, into hunting at all because, you know, I think typically, uh, I mean, for people that come to America as immigrants, you're typically, uh, you start off with a small group of people, right? Just right. people that you, you know from your country, and that's how your life takes on, uh-huh. takes off. Um, and typically people like that are, similar as you are so the opportunity of me meeting with somebody who was uh who come from came from iran already and was an avid hunter was quite rare you know sure um but i uh i've always liked outdoors because we we live in the north northern parts of iran and that's an area where it's very uh, mountainous right and uh, sort of like missouri the weather is you know very humid and you get a lot of rain you got a change of weather and I know it's hard for people to imagine Middle East getting in a lot of rain and being green and everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's not the, that's not the picture them. most of us have in our mind for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I always joke with people and think a lot of desert environment and things like that, which, which we do have it. But right. uh, the, the variety of, of uh, uh, you know, climate is, is also there, you know. Right. Um, so I was fortunate enough to live in that kind of environment where it's very green. Uh-huh. Um, so on occasions, on holidays and vacations with family, we would always go, uh, to the outdoors, you know, just for picnic and things like that, you know? Um, so, so that was a little bit of a, a good time. You know, I sure. always remember my grandma had a farm and it was, uh, it had all kinds of, uh, you know, trees and everything. So we would always go out and just play. Um, so that kind of, you know, uh, instilled in me a little bit of the touch with the outdoors, you know, absolutely. and I came to America, absolutely, yeah, and I came to America, actually saw a lot of, uh, like, Bass Pro Shop, you know, Bella, <laughs> stores like that, and I'm like, whoa, like, yeah. the first time I walked in there, 
I, I felt like a kid in the candy shop. I'm like, wow. Oh, hey, I and, still and, feel and, that way. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't think you, you can ever outgrow that. It's just amazing. When you walk in there, you're like, wow, this is incredible. You know, this makes you feel like how outdoor activities are important here, you know? Right. And people must love it. Otherwise, why why would you have such a huge store dedicated to outdoor, <laughs> you know? Um, so, yeah, that kind of opened a little bit of a door for me to kind of get interested. And, of course, when I was here, YouTube was becoming very popular, you know? Right. And um, here and there, I got to see a lot of people's uh, videos on YouTube about outdoors, camping, hunting, right. uh, backpacking, stuff like that. And I'm like, wow, this is crazy. This is like... <laughs> this is so cool that people get to do that. I want to do that. But my major thing was I had no knowledge of anything. Right. And um, obviously no money or anything to be able to fund the hobby. Right. Quite expensive. To, oh, yes. If you want to get into it, you know. <laughs> um, but I feel like the hunting part of it came when I uh, I had heard of uh, a conservation uh, area here near us called Bush Wildlife. Yes. And... Um, so uh, I went to go uh, drop off my application uh, at a job, which was kind of near that area. It was a corporate job, so it wasn't uh-huh. an outdoor job. Um, so, so I was like, you know what? I've heard of this place, and I know it's in this direction. Let me go this way, kind of. <laughs> and I went, and they had an event going on, and how to dress a deer. Really? And yeah, and 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 I saw a group of people gathering. And I saw a carcass hanging over there, and some guy talking about like having a knife in his hand and everything. Yeah. And uh, I was totally uh, not dressed for that because I had because I'd gone for the job interview, you know. So right. I had like uh, I was in business casual, you know. Yeah. So looked totally weird to go there and, <laughs> and kind of talk to them, and I'm like, "What? Well, what is this class?" And like, "Oh, you know, this is what people do. You know, you show you how to how to uh, field dress a deer when you, once you hunt it." So they told me about hunting a little, but at that time I didn't know you could do that here. Oh, like, oh, again, that sounds that sounds so strange, you know, for for us. I'm sure, but, but what? <laughs> I'm sure, it does. Yeah, yeah, just an incredible story. So, where did it go from there? <laughs> I uh, I looked them up online a little bit. Um, so they have a website, and I was able to kind of uh, look up some of their uh, events that they have. They have like stuff about survival, in which obviously everybody's like, if you're into. Uh, if you get into survival, you know, like outdoor stuff, survival is the cool stuff, right? Yes. Which everybody thinks it is. And it becomes very popular, right? So right. you, you, you get into looking into that and, um, sort of like if when people want to buy a handgun and they see it, they don't know anything about guns. Their first uh, thing that they think is cool is a desert eagle, <laughs> which has no real life application. Yeah. Once you learn about guns, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's that's how it all started, and and kind of branched off into hiking, backpacking, uh, canoeing, uh, rafting, wow. hunting, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, wow. Wow. and yeah, and as more of these activities came about, as I learned more, I got exposed to more things through YouTube and um, the events from uh, Department of Conservation and things like that. Very good. I just like, yeah. yeah, I got I got the bite. I got the uh, you know. Your the hooked. outdoor bike, you know. Yeah, yeah I got hooked. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. hooked. Well, <laughs> yep. Alex, I tell you what, man. Uh, time 
really flies when you're having fun, and this is sure. this is just a great conversation. But we need to take just a short break here so folks can hear from some of uh, today's uh, sponsors of Living the Sounds Dream good. Outdoor podcast. So hang on, folks. We'll be right back. Slow down and enjoy the simple things in life. Welcome to Huzal Valley Resort, providing family fun since 1979. They offer floating, and you can choose from canoes, rafts, kayaks, and inner tubes on a beautiful, crystal clear Huzal River. Lodging, let us be your home away from home. Choose from a variety of lodging units while still enjoying the great outdoors. With over two and a half miles of river camping on the crystal clear Huzal, we're sure you and your family will find the perfect spot to pitch your tent or park your RV. Have fun and let us help you get the most of your stay. Check out our guided trail rides and Karen's Cafe menu. There's something for everyone at Who's All. There's a campground store on site that has everything you need for your trip, whether you're in need of gear, grub, or something else. Chances are they've got it. And their campground has RV sites and primitive sites for all your camping needs. If you like the adventures of camping with a cozy bed at night, we have a variety of different lodging units to choose from. But Who's All Valley, there's always something going on out there. Check them out on Facebook, or if you want to make a reservation, simply call 1-800-367-4516. Captain Brian Wilson runs one of the tightest boat fishing operations in the business. Stainwater Boat Fishing operates out of Jerome, Missouri, and the beautiful Missouri Ozarks. They cover most Ozark streams and lakes. You haven't lived until you've searched Ozark waters during the night with Stainwater Bow Fishing while looking for giant gar, carp, and buffalo. Captain Wilson also runs a second boat on Tanicomo Lake. Call today to book a trip with Stainwater Bow Fishing at 573 263 8016. Again, that's 573 263 Welcome back to Living the Dream Outdoor Podcast. I'm Bill Be Cooper, sure and I hope you've been this program as much as I have, because I have a new friend, Alex Jafari. He's from Iran, but he's been in the United States for about 20 years, and this young man has discovered America Outdoors, and uh, he mentioned that he, he really got excited about hunting, but he didn't have places to go, didn't really know how to go about it. But uh, through the Missouri Department of Conservation and the National Deer Association, Alex has become a hunter, and uh, so thrilled to have new hunters coming into the fold. And But Alex has expanded his horizons, and Alex, you mentioned right at the end of the first segment that after getting involved in hunting, you really got turned on and excited about some other outdoor adventures, so to speak, uh, that you've gotten involved yeah. in. And what are some of those that you're enjoying? For sure. Um, one of the, I think, uh, once you get into uh, outdoor activities, that uh, I don't want to say the most convenient, but one that can uh, be done almost at any time is hiking. So I've been, uh, I've been trying, uh, I've been doing hiking a lot. Uh, initially I was very on and off, uh, but the past couple of years I've been trying to get more into it. Um, hunting has been one, um, one that is, is, uh, one that I would really love to do more of, but it's, it's schedule doesn't always allow that. It's backpacking where you can just go out and 
not in the trailer or in like a or an RV or anything, you know, just right. go out in the wilderness with a backpack on your back, <laughs> which I've done a few times. Uh-huh. And those are uh, those are amazing activities, especially because of the um, nature of the activity. It thins out the crowd a lot, which is also oh, the, you know sure. very <laughs> you know you know because it's not as convenient as uh, much of the other stuff. So lots of people don't tend to want to gravitate toward backpacking a lot. Right. Um, and of course, hunting, especially after learning how beneficial. And crucial it is to um, uh, to managing wildlife and the ecosystem in general. Um, I think it's another one that's become a, a passion of mine. Also, very new one, but you know, uh, hopefully, it'll uh, also become you know more and more strong of a passion for me, for sure. Well, so. I, I think you've certainly set your path. Uh, you know. If, in, in the right direction, it, and it's just incredible that you've gotten interested in so many uh, outdoor activities that kind of uh, mesh together, you know. And in, and in some respects, you can you can put them together. I've actually been on backpacking trips where they were hunting trips, just uh, uh, you know, hike a trail uh, several miles into a wilderness area and. Uh, Oh, wow. They camp overnight. It might just be to squirrel hunt or I've turkey hunted like that. And also one of the incredible thing, most enjoyable things that I I have done over the decades. I'd love to uh, love to canoe or kayak, and I do have a small jet boat. I've used all of those crafts to float into That's areas, awesome. to to hike, to hunt, to fish, or or just to camp out on the rivers. You know, I love to cook on the rivers. So. To me, you know, it's just been almost overwhelming because, uh, I mean, I was raised in a rural area and on a farm, but it was kind of a swamp. It wasn't the beautiful Ozarks that I live in now, and there's just mm-hmm. so much opportunity here. But, again, you know, I, I've floated thousands of miles. I've camped hundreds of times, and just uh, I feel like I've lived a charmed life. And then to meet a new friend who didn't have that in his childhood but who's you're now making great efforts to get these things started in your life. And it's got to be extremely gratifying and you know, enjoyable. And it's, I would say it's even got to be good for you physically, mentally, and even spiritually, you know, uh, I mean, no you, doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, compared to other things that you could do in life, you know, a lot of Americans are pretty sedentary people. For instance, only 4% of our population hunts, 16 to 20% or so fish. I don't know what the percentage is for hikers and backpackers and kayakers and that sort of thing, but uh, it may even be smaller. But you mentioned, it, it, uh, I caught this, backpacking, you're getting away from the crowds, you know, and uh, you know you can get on the Ozark Trail or hundreds of other trails that we have across the state, and if you're really mm-hmm. going into a wild area, uh, you may not see anybody in an entire weekend. I've had that happen a number of times. And how does that make you feel? Well, uh, I think I mean a lot of people can agree with me the the sort of lifestyle that we live in uh, or uh, we come across. In today's society, um, it's toxic. You know, not to get into any sort of certain, you know, particular issue, but I think uh, most people can agree 
how toxic it's become, you know, exactly um, with the technology, social media, the bombardment of this information or that information or what to believe, what to do, what not to do, what to say, what not to say. Exactly. Uh, it just gets crazy, you know? Um, and I think uh, backpacking or kind of uh, breaking away from the herd every now and then, it's sort of like a, uh, uh, a recharge for your soul. Exactly. You know, it, it's necessary, you know, just like how you can't ignore your, your stomach when you're hungry you can't ignore your uh, your mind and your soul uh, by not getting it in touch with what the outdoor has to offer. You very, know, I think that's very important to uh, to do. And very, uh, very, a lot of people, yeah, very well oh, said. Sorry. And I've tried to pre- preach that gospel, so so to speak, all of my life. For sure, but. What has happened here in the United States, you know, gosh, 1930s, probably still 80% of the population lived out in rural areas. And as people, mm-hmm. industrialization took place and, well, golly, the Depression, the Dust Bowl, all those sort of things, people kind of flocked to the cities. And old-timers like myself, we talk about uh, American, the American population being like three and maybe four generations now removed from the soil when they were so close, when the whole population of the country was so close to the soil and understood farming, understood uh, animals, and that's mm-hmm. they took their their livelihood directly from what they worked on and what they produced. And now most people think, uh, you know, hey, uh, meat and potatoes and lettuce comes from the grocery store, you know, and, and that never really soaked into my mind. About 30 years ago, there was a Southern gentleman who was quite a, uh, an outdoorsman, did well in the outdoor uh, products industry, but I'll never forget a video. I watched him him turkey hunting. He had like a 12, 13-year-old granddaughter with him, and they were turkey hunting. Mm-hmm. He called a gobbler in for her, and a girl shot this bird that's flopping around on the ground. Of course, they're all excited. They run out to celebrate and and uh, take the bird. And the girl asked this question. She said, Grandpa, where's the turkey? I mean, the bird was laying there on the ground, but she didn't recognize that as a, as a turkey, her picture in her mind was a turkey from the grocery store wrapped in cellophane. And she, she did not, she couldn't grasp the concept. This is the turkey. It just has feathers on it, you know. So uh, that that just flabbergasted me. I thought, wow, that girl really does not understand the concept. It's a wild bird, you know, that's a wild turkey. And even if it's a farm-raised turkey, it's still a living, live <laughs> creature. It's not just something you pick up. At the grocery store, yeah. it came from another Already place, cooked. you know. <laughs> so, but yeah, uh, so many things. I guess real life sometimes is. I think real life is sometimes different than video games. When you uh, uh, break a box and the, the cooked chicken already yeah. pops out, and you eat it and get extra life or something like that. Right. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's interesting <laughs> that it happened. Yeah. yeah. And I, well, I'm I'm a little out of touch with all the video game stuff too. You know, I'm old enough that uh, 
I never really got into that sort of thing. Of course, my grandchildren are. I mean, they're on electronics all the time, and it's. And I've talked about this many, many times, written many articles about it, about how disassociated with nature that our our children are. And there's actually an mm-hmm. illness called uh, nature deficit disorder, and insurance companies are paying out claims uh, on that for children now. Uh, yeah. It, it it just seems so beyond me. But again, your story is so incredible. What you've gone through in the last twenty years and how you've transpired, and and I, I just hear it in your voice. You know, your life is so much richer because of the outdoors and the outdoor activities uh, that you participate in. Now, Alex, a question. Uh, I'm sure you still have lots of friends from your culture. You know, from Iran or or mm-hmm. or, or wherever. Uh, do many of your friends, uh, close friends, participate in the same types of activities? Uh, not to my knowledge. I, uh, I I met a few friends from work that we uh, we used to go uh, hiking with uh, uh, for a couple of years, you know, uh-huh. uh, especially during COVID and stuff like that. But mostly it's just, uh, uh, you know, me and my girlfriend, you know, we just go. Right. Um do a lot of hiking and this year we have made it our goal to go every week every weekend so as much as possible that is so we'll see well that's you know, a pretty but, good um, pretty good pretty healthy goal <laughs> yeah, yeah absolutely <laughs> unfortunately i feel like uh when uh when covid came about uh the good thing about it was that a lot of people were uh getting into hiking and trying to get outdoors and uh you know not being cooped up in the house all day which I think is good. Um, sure. But it, uh, I feel like in, in some ways it made it kind of like, uh, like a saturated market kind of thing where everybody's doing it for a little bit and it's just like a cool thing to do now. Right. You know, right. but um, I mean, hey, if that's, if that's, people, that's what people want to do, I mean, I'm, I'm not judging them. I'm just saying, you know, um, I always want to encourage people to, uh, to go hiking, not just for the sake of walking, because right. you can do that in your neighborhood. A lot of lots of neighborhoods in America are very beautiful. You just walk in them; it's pretty nice. Right. Um, but there's so much more to get in touch with when you go out in the nature. You know, um, just just to you know when you just stop for 10, 15 minutes during the hike and just you observe nature and the trees around you, the smell of the air. You know, um, the occasional sound of animals and birds and things like that. Those are the things that need to be taken away from, you know, from a hike. Exactly. You know, um, and a lot of times I uh, went out hiking with folks and, um, you know, I, I would stick around, take pictures and, you know, just, uh, you know, just take, take in the moment. And it felt like it. They just wanted to go, go, go. I'm like, what? There's all these things around us, guys. <laughs> it's not just trees. Exactly. And uh, yeah, I I feel like it was frustrating for both parties. They wanted to go, and I was like holding them back. But you know, at the same time, I wanted to kind of get more in touch with nature. But they don't want to. I'm like, oh. Yeah, they're missing it's, so it's so much. But uh, you know, just a few minutes yeah. ago, I, I was talking about three or four generations removed from the soil, but. Uh, you know, uh, growing back the way I did, I had to learn, uh, you know, the plants because we had crops and we had to take. I had to know the difference between a cotton stalk and a and a pigweed, 
you know, because uh, I had to remove the weeds from, uh, but on and on and on. But another enlightening thing that happened to me a couple of decades ago, I, I used to teach a lot of kind of short courses for the National Wild Turkey Federation, whether it was basic turkey calling, how to dress a turkey. But I was in mm-hmm. those programs. I, I've always been a huge wildflower fan. I'll, I'll spend a lot of time on a hike stopping, checking out wildflowers, photographing them, that sort of thing. But I was in mm-hmm. a rural community, and uh, I did, I think, five sessions that day on just basic turkey calling for uh, fifth-grade students. Had like 120 of them went through my classes, 15 or so per class. Now, this is a very rural community. And mm-hmm. I asked each one of those classes to name one wildflower for me. Out of 120 students from this rural school district, not one could name a single wildflower. They named things wow. like rose, daisy, tulip. And it just broke my heart, you know, because, it, I mean, it clearly demonstrated. Now, a lot of these kids lived out in the country, and yet mm. they could not tell me one wildflower. Now, that's been 20 years ago, and I don't know that the situation has improved since then. I would like to think that it has uh, because right. of all of our Missouri Department of Conservation programs, but just broke my heart. Alex, we need to take another break here, man. Don't you go away. And folks, don't go away either, regardless where you're driving down the highway. We've got just a short break to take, but we're going to be right back with some more great outdoor information. Bass fishing on the Lake of the Ozarks. Look no further than Big Ed's guide service right there on Lake of the Ozarks. Big Ed Franco has been fishing on Lake of the Ozarks most of his life and has been guiding for almost two decades. I've fished with Big Ed had a great time. He's a lot of fun and certainly knows where the bass live. You can call Big Ed to make a reservation at 573-692-6710 or go to BigEdsGuideService.com. And on the flip side of his business card is Bass and Baskets. That's a bed and breakfast that he and his wife, Deb, also run right on the banks of Lake of the Ozarks. You have a beautiful place to stay, great meals, beautiful outdoor decor, and you can walk right out the front door, get on Ed's bass boat, and head out to fish. You can call for the bed and breakfast at 573-692-6737 or look them up at BassandBaskets.com. Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, where it's not just land, it's a lifestyle. Daryl Hyman and crew out of Cuba, Missouri, dedicated to finding you the outdoor property that you've dreamed about all your life, or if you've got one you need to sell, they'll be happy to take care of that and hook you up with a great outdoor customer as well. These guys are famous for getting, listing, and selling some of the finest properties in the Midwest. So be sure and get a hold of Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, and you could find them at this, I love this, catchy phone number, 1-800-BUY-DIRT. Living the Dream Outdoor Properties. 
Welcome back to Living the Dream Outdoor Podcast. I've had a very unique guest on this week, and I hope you've enjoyed the first two segments. And uh, Alex, uh, Jafari, and I, I think we could talk outdoor stuff till we fell over, but we don't have that much time, <laughs> another 15 minutes or so. And Alex, i got to tell you again, man, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the program simply because of, uh, hey, you've got a great personality and uh, you love the outdoors, but such an unusual perspective for most Americans to hear. And I, I, I think you would it. be, hey, be a great inspiration for people who are kind of on the fence post, you know, decide, trying to decide, boy, do I jump out and, and take this chance uh, to go hiking or to go fishing or to go hunting? And you're the perfect example to show people who don't know where to go or don't know how to do things. Uh, you have clearly demonstrated a process that you've waded through. It's taken a lot of time, a lot of dedication, but you've gotten yourself to a point where you're comfortable in the outdoors and you're constantly expanding your horizons now. And here you've got a plan uh, for this year, 2023, you and your girlfriend are Absolutely. going to try to do some kind of outdoor activity every week. And I applaud you guys for that. That's that's just an incredible feat. And all the programs across the country, you know, they've gone on for two or three decades now, lots of outdoor education programs. Uh, every mm. conservation organization in the country got on the bandwagon. Oh, we've got a... We've got to do something. You know, we've got to teach our kids and teach. We are, are, are trying to get people into the outdoors. And then here mm-hmm. you're, uh, you're doing it on your own and have demonstrated how it can be done. And I hope people okay. take an inspiration from that and uh, follow your example. I, I sure hope I can uh, set any example, you know, worth following, first of all. But, uh, you know, I think uh, I think Missouri is kind of an underdog when it comes to uh, the credit it deserves as far as the outdoors and everything goes. And um, usually uh, a lot of the, uh, you know, more uh, untouched places or wilder places like Montana, Alaska, or famous trails and uh, things like that throughout the country get the credit for, um, you know, uh, being on the map, being the cool place, a nice place, and everything. And uh, I, I, while they're great, obviously, um, I think Missouri has a lot to offer. You oh. know, the outdoor, and especially uh, with the programs that, I mean, think about the the National Deer Association. That's one of the uh, uh, Missouri is one of the um, main places that they have. They do the projects and things like that. It just and, and had it not been for the support from the state, from the good people here, um, you know, maybe it would have been one of the states that didn't have this sort of program. And you know, a lot of the things that are happening to the wildlife of those states, because they're lacking this sort of uh, management and care that it needs, you know. Exactly, um, exactly. An excellent so, point you, you make. And Missouri, in fact, I just read something about that this week. Somebody, and it kind of, set me back a little bit the guy was saying hey missouri may not be the place you think about when you think about the outdoors well of course i'm from missouri lived here all my life and it's the first state i think of yeah but it's such a unique state because here in missouri if you go from you got the prairies of northern missouri the swamps of southeast missouri the hills the rivers we're known as a cave state 
about mm-hmm. 7,000 wild case. And the incredible thing I like about Missouri and the Midwest in general is uh, we have the changing of the seasons here, and you can do something in the outdoors every month of the year here, you know. Absolutely. I've been Absolutely, out the last yeah. couple of days goose hunting here late in the season, just sitting on a local farm pond, setting a freezing rain one day for several hours I, you know i stayed warm dry because i had good equipment but here it is in january and i'm still able to enjoy an outdoor activity but yes uh, we're very fortunate sure. here in the state of missouri and uh, you as you've expressed in the last 20 or 30 minutes here uh, you've gotten very uh, involved in the state of missouri and the outdoor activities we have to offer now uh, Alex, I'll ask you this question too. Are you involved mm-hmm. in any of the uh, conservation organizations that exist in the state? You know, we got, uh, gosh, we got the Missouri Deer Hunters, uh, we got Turkey Hunting Associations, Trout Unlimited, Ducks Unlimited, on and on and on. Have you, have you tried participating in any of those programs? Unfortunately, not many of them. Like I said, the only ones I've done was with uh, the hunting. Uh, uh, managed hunt program that the Department of Conservation has, as well as the one with the National Deer Association, which is uh, uh, the one I got the honor to meet you in. Um, but other than that, I I mean, I always would love to be, you know, more involved and, uh, and, and learn more because I am, uh, you know, as far as the things I've experienced on my own when it comes to uh doing outdoor activities, I'm just realizing that there's way, way more than I thought there is to know, oh, <laughs> you know, yeah, and the, um, it's one of those things that you can never stop learning about, you know, there's always new things, even though it might seem like it's not, it's, there's always more, you know, so yeah, I would, I would be more than happy to um, uh, kind of expand my network when it comes to, uh, to meeting folks and different programs, events. Etc. You know, so yeah, that's. Uh, well, I would I would suggest that you take a look at some of those organizations because they some of them have uh, monthly meetings. I know some of the fly fishing clubs. There's one close to me here that they meet twice a month. One's kind of a business meeting. The other ones they actually tie flies and then may fish a little bit. A lot of them make uh, trips, but uh, you could probably, gosh, I'm sure you could Google a lot of those organizations up. And the, mm-hmm. uh, another important thing. Uh, they all have service projects where they uh, go out and work on a wildlife area or a stream, and uh, mm-hmm. it's just a great way to get to know people. And I, I know I don't do as much of it as I used to, but uh, gosh, I met so many people over the years, dozens and dozens of people, and it's incredible. You always kind of you do find people that you really identify with and you wind up sometimes buddying up with people and i've had lots of hunting and fishing opportunities come to come about just because mm-hmm. i was involved in in such and such an organization the smallmouth alliance of missouri comes to mind i've met several gentlemen through uh, that program and uh, fish with them you know so there, there are great opportunities out there but uh, you and i have I've become pretty close friends, and like I said, Absolutely. we've only known each other about a about a month. But we met through the National Deer Association, and you and yep. I have plans to to do a few trips together in in the future. and And it's uh, sure uh, uh, you've been such an inspiration to me. It, 
I want to see what the future holds, you know. Uh, as, For sure, yeah. yeah. I'm excited, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. They, they're just uh, – your, your girlfriend may get mad at me, you know, if I take you away yeah. for some weekends. <laughs> She's, but she's maybe, maybe we can do some things she can. Yeah, maybe we can do some uh, things that she can come along on too, because there's lots of day trips that uh, can actually do, and uh, for sure, a thousand places to go. So you're going to have to start making a, a list of places you'd like to investigate. Because I have been to Definitely. you know dozens and dozens and dozens of places, but there's still lots of places in the Ozarks that I would like to see yet. Some of them can be done. In, you know, day trips, weekends, that sort of thing. And, of course, Very being, nice. being yeah. retired, I can go just about any time. I, I know you're one of those poor, still poor working guys, you know. <laughs> oh, don't even get me started on that. <laughs> Being trapped in the, yeah. uh, the corporate uh, rat race, as they call it. <laughs> oh, oh, yes, but that, yeah. that's really it's all you, the more important you have to, to get out and enjoy yeah. the outdoor activities that For you sure, yeah. enjoy. You know. Well, I have to ask you, with all the excitement you've had in the last few years uh, with mm-hmm. the out- outdoors, you probably have a, a, a wish list. If you could leave tomorrow, go anywhere in the Ozarks you wanted to go, uh, where would you go and what would you do? Oh, it is a tough one (laughs) but see it's i mean i say it's a tough one but in a way it's not you know i um my like i said one of my goals is to uh do more hiking this year and uh i realized that uh i owe a lot of what i know is from the people that uh were, were generous enough to share their journeys on social media, YouTube initially, you know, right. and things like that. And then got to know about folks that um, have programs where they take you on hikes, when they take, where they take you on uh, a hunting trips and things like that. And um, I feel like it's one of the things is that, you know, we, we get to do, you know, I was talking to my girlfriend that we do hiking a lot, you know, um, and uh, why not make it a thing? And uh, one of the things I really want to do is uh, uh, start sharing it with other people, you know, through, for example, YouTube and social media and things like that. Because I think just how uh, somebody was able to inspire and create that inspiration in me and show what's available out there through uh, social media, um, maybe it's time for me to give back. And uh, maybe there's somebody out there that can kind of relate to me and my story in a way. Um, so that's one of the things I would like to do, you know, a lot more of, um, if I were to get really like, uh, talk about dreams and stuff, I, the, the ultimate one is to, you know, own a ranch, but we'll see about that one. <laughs> oh, wow. You're, you're not going to turn cowboy on us, are you? <laughs> hey, I'll be, I'll, I'll, I'll probably be the weirdest looking cowboy with my kid. <laughs> With my black hair and dark skin and everything, but oh, hey. Oh, no, I, I, know, I know lots <laughs> but of But you me- never know. I know lots of Mexican cowboys, but your idea about social media, yeah, I think that would be another great adventure for you because you do have a unique story to tell. And just something that uh, hey, the hunting industry and outdoor industry has dealt with particularly in the last three or four decades, they were trying to draw more people into the outdoors because mm-hmm. hunting and fishing has been a, a white male's activity. Correct. Almost totally, you know. So 
Yeah. Uh, we've been trying to draw other, other races in because, uh, you know, the opportunity is for them as well. And, hey, and here in Missouri, I don't care what race you are, you're paying the tax just like the guy next to you, you know. So we're paying the tax. Absolutely. And, yeah, we're paying that tax, all of us. So everybody should have a, a – boy, I wish everybody would take uh, – advantage of the opportunities and get in the outdoors to uh, participate in some type of activity because it really sure. is just uh, mentally and spiritually and physically so good for us and of course i've worked in a lot of programs over the years and uh gotten involved with a few veterans uh programs and i know the benefits while some of the stories those guys tell about i mean because we had we got up point i don't know had we were having close to 30 suicides a week uh u.s veterans and that's just horrible and i've talked to a number of guys that you know they were thinking suicide and they got involved in some outdoor uh program where it was hunting or fishing or hiking or whatever and just completely turned their lives around and i know that's the dramatic end of the scale but if it can do that for somebody that's thinking about suicide you know how beneficial is it to just you and i we're just you know working folks and and average mm-hmm. u.s citizens and uh but how good is it for us yeah there's been lots Absolutely, of yeah. yeah lots of studies done and and lots of money spent and it's just kind of like we grind the same old acts you, you know uh we have to keep trying to convince people yeah this is good for you but absolutely uh but if you take a look at what is available not only in missouri but across the country we have so many agencies with so many millions of dollars to spend every year and we've just had a the great outdoor america's act that just passed a couple of years ago that's turning supposed to still like 12 billion dollars into the outdoor economy uh, over the next very few short years and uh, our national parks are they had a tremendous backlog uh, for maintenance a lot of that's getting taken care of Mm -hmm. i've I've seen some of that happen here in our region all it says to me is you and i we got a lot of opportunities but we're going to have more in the future for sure yeah and i wanted to add one more thing that you mentioned about uh some of the veterans, uh, you know, um, feeling hopeless and, and, and uh, you know, uh, wanting to commit suicide and things like that. You know, first of all, my hats off to all the veterans, actually, um, uh, who, uh, you know, put their lives on the on the line for us to uh, to be able to enjoy this amazing country. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, and I think it's, it's amazing to be able to... Uh, have provide opportunities for, for those folks, uh, to, uh, to kind of turn their life around and, uh, you know, hopefully give them some, uh, sense of appreciation in a way. Yes. Because, uh, because it's really important, you know, and you know, last few years, you know, I know I, the beginning I told you, I don't want to get into politics, but (laughs) (laughs) I, I think it's important to, uh, realize, you know, law enforcement and military uh, are the reasons, uh, America is where, where it's at. And, and um, absolutely, you know, and, and I know yeah. you understand that better than the average, uh, American because of, uh, you know, your family background, where you came from, you didn't have all the freedoms that you have here. And man, you, you have to feel For like, sure. Hey, you know, this is, this is just the greatest, uh, place on the face of the earth. And I've felt that because I was taught that, but you've lived it more so than me. 
And uh, man, hey, uh, I'm looking forward, Alex, to uh, uh, us making some trips together in the future and exploring some new areas and, uh, uh, hey, learning some new things together. And and, Likewise. Hey, well, I think think both of us are enjoying the fact that we're kind of eyeballing each other, you know, and trying to figure out uh, what's really inside each other's heads as far as trying to, uh, you know, loving the outdoors and, and enjoying these yes, activities. Sir. But we're going to do some of it together. Well, Alex, man, I hate, to, I hate to, uh, I really hate to wrap this program up, but they don't let me talk forever, you know. <laughs> but, man, once again, I want to say a big thank you for being on the program and sharing all of your experiences and what it's meant to you to be in the United States and to enjoy the outdoors. But folks, uh, I always like to encourage you, you know, I'm living my outdoor dreams and Alex Jafari is developing his outdoor dreams and living them. And we encourage you to get into the outdoors and live your outdoor dreams. I'm Bill Cooper. Hey guys, this is Frank Cox with living the dream outdoor properties. Hey, have you ever considered a career in real estate? If you have, but you don't have your license, this is your opportunity. So each month, the Living the Dream Outdoor Properties team is giving away a free seat to the online training that you need to take in order to get your real estate license. We would love to have you join our team. All you got to do is go to our website, livingthedreamland.com, and then click on the Our Team button, and then click on the one that comes up under that that says Join Our Team. On that page, there's an application form. Just simply fill that out and get in contact with a member of our team, and I'll be giving you a call. We appreciate you, and uh, good luck. The Live in the Dream Outdoors podcast is brought to you by Live in the Dream Outdoor Properties, the Fly Rod Journals, SmokerBuilder.com, Cowtown USA, Westover Farms, Scenic Rivers Taxidermy, Stained Water Bow Fishing, Scenic Rivers Guide Service and Tours, Huzzah Valley Resort, Pico Lures, Devil's Backbone Outfitters, The Fallen Outdoors, Ledco Sinkers and Lure Company, Turnbow Outdoors, J&J Charters, Kaufman Cove, Alaska, Big Ed's Guide Service, Bean Creek Game Calls, Misty Mountain Guide Service, ASO Guides and Outfitters with Ryan Walker, On the Hook TV, and Rich's Famous Burgers. Land ownership is the American dream. Land is the basis of all life. Our wise use of this most precious of resources ensures the survival and growth of free institutions and our American way of life. At Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, we value the traditions and freedoms that land provides us. Every day we seek the solace of a mountain sunrise over traffic jams and smog, the calming silence of a bubbling stream over the sirens of the city, and the quiet of the countryside over the hustle and bustle of the world. We hunt, we fish, we farm, we live off the land. It's our mission to help our clients live out their dreams on the land as we do. At Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, we believe that it's not just land, it's a lifestyle. Join us five days a week on Living the Dream Outdoor Podcast as the Living the Dream Outdoor Dream Team explores the most desired outdoor properties in the Midwest and whisks you away to incredible hunting, fishing, and outdoor recreation opportunities.
Host Bill Cooper, an inductee of the National Freshwater Fishing Hall of Fame, will be joined by members of the Living the Dream Outdoors team each week as they tell tall tales, unveil tips and tactics, and rub elbows with some of the biggest names in the outdoor world. You'll also find the Living the Dream Outdoors podcast on your favorite social media platforms, including Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok.